0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Royal State of Mind. My name is Amiri Tulla and on today's show we're doing a little bit of a flashback Friday program. I will be playing back an interview I did in February with Ms. Nancy Loeb who is the director of Northwestern University's Environmental Advocacy Clinic. She's also an op-ed writer. She is the author of, quote, Toxic Water Isn't Just in Michigan, end quote, a piece that was published on Time Magazine's website. So we had a conversation about the ongoing Flint water crisis, specifically discussing the impact of lead in the water, and also looking at the national and global threat that lead poisoning poses. But without any more wait, here's my conversation with Nancy from back on February 15th. Enjoy. So to get this conversation started, Nancy, let's just start with a basic description, a basic definition of lead poisoning and its relation to water. How potent exactly of a problem is lead poisoning in the water in America? And also how potent is it across the world?
1: Um, so first of all, the way that lead gets into water is varied. Lead is naturally occurring in many places in the ground. It is also a contaminant that's released in a lot of industrial processes. In the United States, we expect our water not to have contaminants. We expect to be protected by the Safe Drinking Water Act, and we don't think that things like Flint could happen, which of course we now know is wrong. In general, I would say that the drinking water in the United States is much safer than it is in many other parts of the world, and lead in water is probably a less frightening and widespread issue in the United States than in some other parts of the world, especially where there are not environmental protections and there's a lot of industrialization. But um, we expect to be a lot better than we are. And... The really big problem with lead is that the people who are most harmed by it are children, infants and young children. And once they are harmed, it's a harm that lasts for life.
0: Right, right. And so today, is there any remedy to lead poisoning that we know of right now?
1: Um, There are steps that can be taken to try to um, alleviate some of the problems with lead poisoning, but there is no cure for lead poisoning. So, when the harm happens, more likely than not, there's very little we can do. We can try to really watch children and help them in their development to try to counteract some of the harms to brain development, and neurological development that lead poisoning can cause. But there is no cure for lead poisoning.
0: So, speaking specifically about Flint now, how many people can you estimate perhaps have been impacted by lead poisoning? in Flint, considering that the target is water, and considering how long the problem has persisted?
1: Well, I think it's a problem that's lasted at least a couple of years, and because it is a low-income neighborhood, it is, or city, it's very likely that virtually the, the entire population has been exposed to the lead in water. What we don't know is, in any individual home, how people were using the water, how much they were using when they might have switched to bottled water, um, as well as um, how much lead was actually in the water delivered to a particular home. Because of the pipe variations, we don't actually know what comes out of the tap in each individual home, but it's fair to expect that a very large proportion of the homes in Flint um, had water that contained high levels of lead and that people were exposed to it. We also know that there are a lot of young children in Flint and that they were exposed and the testing has shown that there is a very high level of children with high blood lead levels in Flint now.
0: Now as far as diagnosis is concerned, what can be seen before lead poisoning and what can be seen after lead poisoning?
1: So the first thing I should say is I am not a scientist and I am not a physician. So, my knowledge is based um, indirectly on learning from reading and speaking with people rather than creating any scientific testing on my own. And uh, One of the problems with lead exposure is you generally, unless it's a very, very high toxic level, do not see immediate effects and the harms to development start to appear over a period of years. So a child may be exposed, and you don't actually see the harms until sometime in the future. What you start to see, depending on the level of contamination and how any individual child reacts, is um, some taking off or, or lowering of brain development and lower IQ sto- scores. You can see anxiousness and um, inability of children to sit still, and sometimes um, you can see violent tendencies.
0: Now, I'm just interested. Is there a tendency for adults to receive backlash from poisoning like we see in young children?
1: Um, I believe that unless there's a really high-level exposure to adults, that the consequences are not going to be as significant because the biggest harms that we see... In sort of high levels of lead exposure, but not very, very extremely high at one time, are really the the problems of brain development and neurological effects on children right. as they're still developing.
0: So, moving a little bit to the aftermath of the of the crisis in Flint, um, the city has responded by handing out filtration systems to its citizens. Uh, I guess my question would be, how effective are those systems actually? And Is that really the only way for citizens to mitigate lead in their
1: water? Um, So most of the filters that they are being given, the filters will work for most people in most of their faucets. Um, When the lead is at a very high level, some of the filters cannot um, extract all of the lead. And there are some homes in Flint where the level of the lead is so high in the water that the filters can't completely extract it all. And in most homes, the filters will work. It's important to remember that what people are getting in Flint is a case of water a week for one home. Think about all the water that we use in, um, in a week's time. For bathing, for drinking, for cooking, it, a single container of water, maybe 24 bottles for a week, is very little water for a family, especially a family with young children. Right. And
0: so, so it, I, I, mm-hmm. people
1: should not get the idea that everything's being taken care of in Flint. It's not. People there still need a lot of help. What the government is providing is not enough.
0: What do you think, then, is is something that can potentially uh, change or help the people in Flint? What are some solutions that you think an average citizen like myself could potentially do in this situation?
1: Well, I think we've got to get more water to people faster. Um, We should not be asking for ID information um, so that anybody who needs it can actually get it and people are not afraid to come forward and ask for it. Um, people, Water should be delivered to homes for people who don't have the ability to get out of their homes and get it themselves. And we need a lot of monitoring and care for the children.
0: So to take this conversation a little bit out to a macro scale, um, as we've kind of hinted at throughout the conversation, lead poisoning isn't just a Flint-exclusive problem. You mentioned this in your Time article when you state that, quote, Our water infrastructure is aging to the point of danger, end quote. So how can our country, how can we as America actually combat the process that we see playing out in Flint um, before they happen and before they become a huge problem for the rest of our country?
1: So one thing I will say is that the biggest areas where this is a problem are in the East and the Midwest. Um, the infrastructure in most of the West is not as old, and we don't see as much lead in the pipes used in the western parts of the country. Um, the same things I'm going to say would be true wherever lead pipes exist. But the biggest parts of these problems are in the older cities in the East and the Midwest. We need to replace water mains, the main pipes that are old and have lead in them. Um, so that the main pipes that water is going through are not leaching lead into the water. But we also have some really tough issues that are going to be very challenging to deal with, especially in low-income neighborhoods, because we have two other places where we can get lead in the pipes. And one is what is called the service lines, the pipes that lead from the mains into a house are often older and filled with lead as well, or made of lead, or use lead solder. And then inside the actual homes, where especially again on the East Coast, and some in the Midwest, we have older homes, and they are far more likely to have lead pipes inside the homes. And the only way to get those changed out is to make it affordable, or for government to provide some means, both of testing, to ensure that people are not getting lead from their water, and where they are developing programs that make it possible, either to treat the pipes or to replace the pipes.
0: Now, would that testing, for example, be done individually? Like, would would a, would a homeowner do that testing on their own home, or is that something that you think the government would regulate town townwide? I guess. How, how would that testing play out in your in your envisionment?
1: It would depend on where you are, but uh, I think in poorer neighborhoods or poorer cities like Flint, it's going to be important for governments, uh, probably at larger than the city level, maybe at the state or federal level, to provide financing as well as the actual testing.
0: So to wrap up our conversation, and and thank you very much for joining me and, and taking your time out your day to hop on the program, I guess, is there any optimistic perspective of the water situation slash contamination that we're discussing here throughout the country that you can observe? Is there any, like, silver lining, I guess, that would lend you to believe that change is taking place today and change is foreseeable in the future?
1: It's hard to say anything good about what's happened in Flint because children have been poisoned and harmed totally needlessly. If anything... um, positive in any way comes out of it, it's that it has brought attention to people and an awareness of dangers that people didn't have before. And I'm also very much hoping that it will cause government agencies to treat the lead issue much more seriously than they have recently. And I'm specifically speaking now about the United States Environmental Protection Agency which still has not adopted the most protective health standards for children.
0: Once again, that's Nancy Loeb joining us here on Royal State of Mind. She is the director of the Environmental Advocacy Clinic at Northwestern University and also the author of, quote, Toxic Water Isn't Just in Michigan end quote an op-ed piece that appeared in the time magazine's website thank you so much to her for joining us really shedding light on lead poisoning in water not only in, in flint michigan but also in america and and across the world as well that just about does it for today's show i'm amiri Tulla here thanks for listening enjoy the rest of your day